I'm Kristen, and this is the Explorer in You podcast. Now, what I've discovered after visiting five continents and some amazing places is that the greatest thing standing in your way of seeing the world is what you believe is possible. I believe that travel is for everyone on any budget, and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. So this podcast is all about unlocking the Explorer in you. You'll hear stories from people who will inspire you to set big travel goals and show you how to achieve them. Let's explore. Hi, Lucy. Welcome to the show. Hi. Um, So I wanted to start off by asking you a little bit about Absolutely Lucy and your journey to becoming a travel blogger. Sure. Um, Well, I started blogging about six years ago. I started out as a lifestyle blogger um, and then about six months after that, I decided I was going to go traveling for the first time. Um, I've been on a lot of holidays before, but never been properly traveling and I'd never done it by myself before. So I decided um, quite naturally my blog was going to change over to being a bit more of a travel blog. And yeah, I've basically spent the last six years traveling full time or living abroad most of that time. Um, and my blog has very naturally changed into um, it's now an adventure travel blog um, and sort of solo female travel blog. And yeah, currently back in the UK because of lockdown, um, <laughs> but very much hoping that travel will resume at some point. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Well, I'm hearing good things about vaccines and and such yeah. for 2021. Um, so was there a specific moment when you knew that like you didn't need other people to travel and when you're just like, you know what, I'm just going to go by myself? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I the way I'd been kind of raised, my family, we were always quite big travelers anyway. I had always wanted to go traveling. It had always been a dream of mine. Um, and I think because of I sort of finished school, went straight to university. And then after that, I was very lucky, actually, because straight out of university, I managed to get a job as a journalist. And those are very, very hard to come by at the time, particularly because I didn't study journalism. So Mm. I was very lucky that I managed to wangle my way in there. Um, What did you study? Um, I studied uh, English language and communication with English literature, which I loved. Um, Mm -hmm. But at that point, I thought I wanted to be a teacher. So I kind of, it was only as I was about to graduate where I suddenly got interested in journalism. But for coming out of university into the recession and getting a job straight away, it wasn't really something I could turn down. Um, and I'm very glad that I didn't. I very much I made a good decision there because I learned so much from doing that job. But once I reached the point where I was ready to move on from that job role, I realized I kind of had an opportunity there. Um, whereas I missed out on going to traveling in those early years after university, I kind of now had that choice that I could either go traveling and kind of do all the things that I'd really put on hold for the last few years, or I could go find another job, but then I might not have as easy a natural break in between work again. Mm -hmm. So for me, it just seemed like a really good time to be able to cut my ties to the, to work and to just go off for maybe a year and um, try traveling, see how it went and then come back and I could find myself another job or move away or something. And um, 
when I made that decision, I, um, I mean, it kind of, it, it worked quite, quite well because actually I um, was in a relationship at the time and that kind of very naturally came to um, a very abrupt end. Mm. So that also, there was a lot of factors involved that just kind of, it just felt like everything was pushing me towards making that decision at the time. Um, and I actually asked one of my really good university friends to come with me. Um, we've been talking about going traveling since we were at uni and she had a new boyfriend. So she didn't really want to leave that new relationship and the job that she was in. Um, so yeah, it just kind of worked out that when she said that to me, that she was like, I don't think I can go right now. And I just thought, well, as much as I would have loved to have her come with me, I just thought I'm not going to put it on hold on the off chance she might change her mind in six months. Right. Um, and I'm glad I didn't because she's actually now marrying the guy. Um, oh. So <laughs> I might have been waiting a long time. Yeah, but, he wasn't going anywhere anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, <laughs> he was sticking around. It was the right decision. Right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just sort of thought, I mean, obviously it was it was scary as hell, but I think I was just like, I think it scared me more the thought of missing out on this opportunity than going there by myself and just doing it mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm. And I think because I was quite an independent person, I I wasn't really um, scared of what could go wrong. I think I was more just scared of what if I get all that way and I don't like doing it by myself kind of right. thing rather right. than actually what could go wrong because I just didn't really want to think about that kind of thing. So... Yeah, I think it was more just like the fear of the unknown, but I was just like, well, I could be afraid of what could go wrong on this trip or I could be afraid of never getting the chance to do it. And I think that's a much scarier thought. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, looking back and kind of having that big regret of just yeah. not trying. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you really do encourage women to just travel by themselves. Um and you offer resources. So why should women travel alone? And like, what have you learned from traveling solo? It's, I'm sure you've learned a lot, but if you could share so with much. us a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the easiest way to put it is that I think travel has completely shaped the person I am today. And I think that the things the lessons and the experiences I've learned from in the last few years um I can't even compare them to what I've learned from my life at home or growing up in the UK or um from university or any of the life experiences I've gone through before they're just on a completely different wavelength and I mm -hmm. think if particularly I mean I can't speak for other countries but I think particularly growing up in the UK um, and I think, to be honest, everywhere, we still live in really patriarchal, traditional societies. As much as they want to think that they're really advanced, <laughs> they're really not. And we, um, I think particularly as, as women, we are, it's ingrained into us and it's, it's, um, it's completely um, indoctrinated into us from the moment we're children that we need to grow up and we need to maybe get married and have a child. And that's our sole sort of purpose in life. And it's in every advertisement, it's in every TV show, it's in everything that we see. Yeah, the, the messaging is, is 
everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, pervasive, yeah. constant. Yeah. And I think particularly when we're growing up and when we're a bit younger, we don't really realize that. Um, we don't realize how far it goes and how much it impacts on every, you know, when you're, it's like when you're seeing that all day, every day, it's like with coronavirus, you can see the effect it has on your mental health because we've constantly bombarded with the messaging on social media, on TV, on the newspapers, everywhere at the moment. And it's really harming people's mental health. Mm -hmm. But then we don't realize the fact that all the patriarchal messaging that we're getting and all that kind of messaging is actually doing the same. It's just a bit more subtle because it's not quite as dramatic, maybe. And I just think I've I've always really felt that going traveling by yourself, it doesn't have to be for a year. It doesn't have to be for six years like I've done it. It could be a weekend trip. It could even be a day trip can be such an enormous confidence boost for you as a woman to do that by yourself and to realize that not only are you capable of doing that, but that you can do it and enjoy your own company without needing other people there. I think that is one of the greatest lessons um, you can learn, particularly as a woman, just to have that confidence in your own abilities that you can do it and you can love yourself enough to actually just enjoy your own company. You don't need somebody there with you. You don't need someone to protect you, that you're actually capable of doing that. And I think that is one of the things that I've learned the most. I was one of those people before I went traveling who was always surrounded by people and was always always had friends there or boyfriend or family and I since going traveling I love my own company so much and I think I always did but I think I never had the chance to really enjoy it the way I did when I traveled solo so I think yeah I think that's definitely one of the things that I've learned the most it's it's um that I will go traveling by myself and be surrounded by people because it's so easy to make new friends but that so often I will then make that choice to be on my own and to take time for myself because I just enjoy it so much. Um, so yeah, I think that's definitely like, it, it's such an amazing experience, even if you can't do it for an extended period of time, just to do it for a very short, even a few days, or even just do like short day trips here and there by yourself. It, it has the same effect, I think. Right. Taking those little baby steps could be a really great way to start. And yeah, it sounds like it's, it is confidence building, gives you that space to connect with yourself. The only time I really traveled by myself for an extended period of time was when I was starting my summer abroad program in college. And I went to Paris four days before um, my program started. And I remember feeling just so liberated. Like mm. the fact that I was accountable to no one like no one knew where it was. I was on my own schedule. It just felt like such freedom. And it's not like I came from a very oppressive environment. You know, I, no. I just live a normal, you know, <laughs> life. And I was definitely, um, there are moments of extreme loneliness. And I was, you know, had those moments of just like, okay, how am I going to handle the situation? But I do remember that feeling of just like pure... I'm just by myself, like, and that mm. felt really good to me. And, and I know that maybe that won't feel like that to everyone. Um, but I hear what you're saying. There's such value in learning to enjoy your own company. I feel like at home, it's, it's, it's like being in a bubble, isn't it? And it's just when you're, when you step outside that you're exposed to so many more people and so many more experiences in a shorter space of time 
and I mean, don't get me wrong. It doesn't, um, traveling is not all a bed of roses. There's so many things that go wrong and you can still end up in, um, bad situations or bad relationships or, you know, all kinds of things just as much as you would at home. Um, but exposing yourself to those, it makes you, I think so much more resilient as well, because you, by stepping outside that and exposing yourself to so much, you not only get those bad experiences, but you see the good as well. And for all those people who might be, you know, you might come into your life that aren't so great. You're going to have so many people who come into your life that are incredible. And I think it really just shows you, um, the kind of goodness in the world as well. It makes you much more aware of that side of things, which I think sometimes when we're at home, we can be very, um, particularly at the moment, we can get very absorbed into the media and into the news and get this kind of sense of fear. And it can be very um, easy to lose perspective in the world. But I think once you step out and you're outside that bubble, it makes it a lot easier to, I guess, yeah, just see kind of the, both sides of everything. Right, right. Yeah. And, and I, the several people that I've spoken with on this podcast have said the exact same thing that sort of the messaging that they were getting from, you know, their wherever they were in the world from the media was just so different from their actual experience. You know, they, yeah. were, they were kind of told to be afraid of certain areas. And then once they got there, they were like, wow, this is not anything like it was presented to me or portrayed to me. So it's just, really interesting and speaks to like why you should go out there and see see for yourself for those who are thinking about going out and traveling by themselves what are some ways that women can prepare themselves for traveling solo and how much do you think mindset plays into this it's huge mindset I think mindset is genuinely the biggest component and I think that if you're going to plan to go traveling whether you're whether you're going to do one a short trip or you're going to go backpacking I feel like the mindset aspect is exactly the same no matter what type of trip you're taking and having a strong and a good mindset is probably the most important thing you can pack um it it basically it's such a game changer in terms of keeping your confidence. I always, I always um, say to people that I think one of the big things with any kind of confidence is fake it until you make it. And no matter where you are or what you're doing, like when I first started traveling, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. It was the first time I'd been on a plane by myself and I was going to the opposite side of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was like all the things I was doing. It was the first time um, I had done sort of public transport in an Asian country. It was the first time I'd done all these different things. Um, I didn't speak the language, you know, it was all these kind of things. And that was just as scary for me, even though obviously now people think of me as being quite an experienced traveler and they think I really know what I'm doing. But that was just as scary for me as it would be for anybody their first time traveling. And I think people have to remember that is that all I did was fake my way through it until I felt confident enough that I did know what I was doing. Right. So I think that's something to remember is that nobody really knows what they're doing when they first start out. And it's fine to make mistakes. Um, but I think the biggest thing that you can realize is um, just be just try and project a confident image and that will get you through a lot of things. Because if you keep that kind of confidence going, you will eventually start believing it yourself. And if you keep that attitude around you, 
you're also going to start listening to your body more because if you're feeling um, maybe nervous or a little bit anxious, it's really important to actually allow yourself to feel those feelings because I do think a huge part of safety when you're traveling and uh, particularly as a woman is just learning to trust your intuition and just that feeling in your gut. Um, I feel like we are very much trained out of um, paying attention to those feelings um, in society when we're growing up and stuff. We're very much taught to just ignore that and ignore that and just do what we're told and all that kind of thing. But I think genuinely like being in tune with your um, sort of deep feelings and those like nervous kind of reactions and stuff, uh, it can be such a great way to just judge the situations because when you're out there traveling, it's going to be, everything's new. There's all these new people and there's all these new situations and things can be um, intensified and happening quite fast. So you really need to learn to trust your instincts, um, whether that might be, you know, if you're in a place where, you feel a bit uncomfortable or if you're in a situation where you know there's somebody there that you don't quite trust or you're in a situation that you just don't want to be there anymore you need to be able to trust your feelings and to also just have that um to be assertive enough to decide that if something doesn't quite feel right it probably isn't right and it's quite okay for you to just leave that situation um you don't need to be polite. You don't need to look after anybody else's feelings because you're traveling by yourself. So the most important thing is your safety. So, yeah, I think that's definitely like one of the biggest things that I've learned. Yeah. And I think that speaks to what you were talking about earlier in terms of like the messaging that um, women get. A lot of times it is to be polite and to be nice. Yeah. It's, a, it's that expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't hurt anyone's feelings yeah and um like you're saying it's so important to be assertive and mm. speak up for yourself yeah I like your your fake it till you make it it, it reminds me of act the way you want to feel I think I've heard it put put that way too um just so that you can get yourself going and then it's kind of like you're building on that momentum of like okay I've done it so you know I have a little bit of confidence and I can keep going exactly and I think you can apply that like I, I always kind of have the thing that if if something is feeling like a huge impossible scary task it probably is too big and huge and scary so just break everything down um like even if you're planning a trip it can be like this crazy thing and I know that's what puts a lot of people off is the thought of how on earth do I start planning a year-long backpacking trip it's too much I don't know I don't understand how to do it but I never approached it as one big year backpacking trip I approached okay. it like okay what step do I need to take today okay well I'm gonna save the money to do that trip and then I'm gonna book the flights to do that trip and I'm going to sort out my insurance to do that trip and I'm going to quit my job to do that trip and you just do these little tasks and each sort of you know break it down so that it's like a manageable thing and before you know it you're on the plane and you're landing in that other country like it's it makes it much easier and I think even just in the day-to-day -day stuff when you're traveling if if it feels like oh my god I don't know if I can do this I don't know if I can do this just break it down to, okay, well, I don't have to do that. I can just get myself dressed and 
go down to the hostel um, lobby and my challenge is I'll talk to one person, smile at two people, you know, something like that. And I think especially if you're a bit nervous to meet people, that could be a good way to just kind of be like, all right, I'm going to challenge myself to do this. Then I'm going to go buy myself a coffee as a treat for doing it or something, you know, and just like. Oh, I like that incentive. (laughs) Yeah, just kind of like reward yourself and don't try and do it all at once, because if you try and do it all at once, a good chance you're going to fail. Like, I think it's just like you've got to try and just build yourself up to it, baby steps. And then like you'll before you know it, you'll be doing these massive things and you won't even think that it's a big deal anymore. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so we talked a little bit about, or you talked a little bit about um, trusting your intuition, which is so important. And so do you feel like it's safe for women to travel alone? And are there things that women can do to ensure their own safety and to protect their valuables? I think absolutely. It is definitely safe for women to travel alone. There isn't a single country in the world that I would not feel safe to travel to. How I would behave in each of those countries might change depending on where I was going. I think that's the thing to think. Um, I know that some people, um, and I see a lot of clickbait type articles that like to slam certain countries and say this country's so dangerous to women. I mean, just before lockdown, I came back and I was traveling around Central and South America by myself, um, which a lot of people thought was too dangerous for me to do. And I felt safer traveling solo around there than I have in parts of Europe, even in the UK. I've had more trouble in the UK walking around at night than I have in Central and South America. So is that because it's less populated? People are friendlier? Like, why, why do you think that is? I think a lot of it is because people have these attitudes because of the media. So much it's just because of the media and they paint countries in a bad light. And I mean, one person, I told them I was going to be going to Mexico and they, their reaction was, you're going to get shot. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, are you kidding? I was like, honestly, when I was in Mexico, I was like, the people there were the friendliest. The only time I had an issue with anybody was a French guy who was stalking me down the street. So, you know, mm. and following me to where I was trying to find where I was staying. So I was like, that was the issue I had with somebody from Europe, not somebody from Mexico. And the same thing all the way through, like the people over there were so friendly, so warm and welcoming. And they would even, I would get guys who would, if I was walking around alone at night, I'd get people who'd stop me and they would say, are you okay? Do you need me to help you find where you're going? You know, things like that. So, I mean, I'm not going to deny there's, you know, there are bad people everywhere, but that's everywhere, Mm -hmm. including your home. So I think we need to kind of, everything that we're seeing in the media, we need to really take that with a massive pinch of salt and just go there with an open mind don't go there unprepared. I think there's a big difference, you know, going there with an open mind, but I'm always a big believer that you should always do your research before you travel to anywhere, particularly as a woman. Um, and that you should just take your time to actually, um, prepare for where you're going because it's different everywhere. So how I would travel in Europe is not how I would travel in Asia and how I would travel in Asia is not how I would travel in Um, South America because you have to take into account things like their cultures um, sort of the way people dress their traditions you have to be respectful of these things Um, you know there's certain countries 
and I mean, I don't like naming certain countries, but I, I will in this instance. There's certain countries that do have very different attitudes towards women that are more cultural and maybe religious based. Um, I have known, I have personally had quite bad experiences in places like Morocco, um, where I think it's been a combination of gender and also race issues there that were a problem. Mm. So I think, you know, there's certain things you do have to take into account. That's not to say you shouldn't travel there but you need to be prepared, dress appropriately. Um, remember that you are a woman because I hate that I should ever have to tell a woman to modify her behavior for the benefit of men. But sadly, that is the world that we live in. Um, I do know that sometimes women will do things like they'll wear a fake wedding ring or you know that kind of thing just to, um, just to stop get themselves from getting unwanted attention. That, I mean, that kind of thing is down to personal preference. I've never done that. and But then I am also quite a strong character. So if somebody is getting in my face, I'm more than happy to tell them to piss off. Um, so, <laughs> but that depends on people's character. Not I'm definitely not that. shy about that. But I know it depends on people's character. If somebody is a bit more timid, then they might feel more comfortable just to have something on their hand that maybe will detract from some attention. Um but yeah, I think one of the key things if you are concerned about safety is to always, always talk to people, make yourself a personality that is remembered, make yourself somebody that people are aware of, because I really think that um, the more that you do that, the less of a target you become. Whereas if you're somebody who is quiet and meek, you're more of a target because um, I don't know if somebody was going to try and mug somebody or if somebody was going to try and, I don't know, grab somebody or assault somebody or something like that. I think they're much more likely to target someone who looks weaker and quieter. Whereas what I was saying earlier about fake it till you make it, if you're walking down the street with your head held high and your shoulders back and you're walking with the confidence and, you know, you walk into a bar and you're talking to the guy on the bar, you're talking to the ladies at the bar, you're, you know, just having a chat to everyone, they're going to remember you and they're going to notice if something happens to you. You're going to feel like you've got people that you can call on for help. So I think that's the, that's a really good way to just build those kind of relationships with people and I do find um as a woman traveling solo it's even easier to build those kind of relationships with people because people do watch out for you and that's something that I think I definitely want to promote because I do want you to like people to realize that when you are traveling by yourself I think people make a concerted effort to make sure that you're okay they go out of their way to ask you if they can help you and things like that so don't don't feel, I don't think anyone should feel like they're going to go away and it's just going to be them on their own. And there's going to be, you know, there's going to be threats at every corner. Cause it's just, it's not like that at all. As long as you listen to your gut and as long as you're being smart and careful, don't leave your bags unattended anywhere ever is my general rule. Don't even leave them if you need to go to the toilet. Don't, you know, um, if you meet other travelers, maybe work out a buddy system for toilet visits. That's the, that's definitely one of the most annoying things about traveling solo is. I wanted to ask you about that because I'm so used to traveling as a couple and um, the times when I've, you know, traveled for work and I'm by myself, it's like, shoot, who's going to watch my bag while I go to the bathroom? <laughs> that's kind of the one thing. I know. <laughs> it's actually really annoying. Like that is one of the things. Um, that probably annoys me the most about traveling solo is yeah but I think most of the time to be honest like it's very rare that I have 
that situation. But when I do, it really annoys me. But most of the time, it's pretty easy to meet people. And, you know, most of the times I do find if, um, because I tend to travel a lot, like I'll be on public transport, like the buses and things like that. And there's normally always travelers around. And I do find that travelers tend to bundle together. Um, so, you know, even if we're all from different places, there will, everyone will kind of stick together. Cause once we're on a bus together, we're usually going to the same destination. Um, so normally people, there'll always be somebody who's willing to like look after your bags for you and stuff, or like the, the you watch theirs and then they'll watch yours and that kind of thing. So right. I think it's just the thing is it, honestly, the more people you talk to, the better, the more people you smile at, the better, the more people you make the effort with, the better, because they will, as much as you help others, they're willing to help you back. I have to say too that, you know, when I was traveling from France to Italy uh, before my program, I have never met so many female travelers. Mm. It was just so easy. And I think because when you're with someone else, you know, you're, you are in your little bubble, right? Yeah. Um, but being on your own it, and I'm more of an introvert, I would more be more inclined to, you know, kind of stick to my own thing than, you know, mm. talk to strangers, but it forced me to, because I didn't have anyone else to talk to. It forced me out of that bubble. And I met so many great women traveling by themselves. I mean, this one woman, um, from Sweden, I mean, she just became my tour guide because we hit it off and, you know, I, then I met someone else on a train and then I met someone else. It was like, I couldn't stop meeting people. Yeah. It's <laughs> snowballs, isn't it? And before you know it, you're like, that's, I always say to people, it's like, actually, even though I travel by myself, I'm never actually alone. It's it's hard, like, because I work while I travel. So it's actually, if I want to have a few days where I'm just working, I have to book accommodation specifically for that. Because if I just go to a hostel, it's too easy to meet people. Yeah. The next thing you know, you're off hanging out with new friends. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love that you pointed out, like, that you've had that experience where you've met so many solo female travelers when you're like because that's the thing there are so many out there so if if there are women listening to this who do want to do it but they're a bit unsure like there's so many like there are literally hundreds of thousands of women just in Facebook groups that I'm in right you know who are all solo female travelers of all ages and you know they go everywhere in the world and they even like they organize meetups and things mm -hmm. like that so you're going somewhere and you're going by yourself and you're a bit nervous about it you can always join these groups on Facebook um there's loads and there's like girl gone international there's uh, girls love travel there's um loads of solo female ones if you just start typing them in like you'll find so many and you can always put a message on those and just say hey I'm gonna be in this city does anyone fancy a coffee or something you might even end up with a brand new friend and a tour guide or even a place to stay you know like it's it's amazingly easy to make friends and I think if you're constantly surrounded with like with somebody it makes you don't realize how much you're missing out on as well because I've traveled with, a, with a, um, friends as well as kind of solo. Um, when I travel with somebody, I, I feel like, like we still meet people, but like, it's just not the same yeah. as when you're traveling by yourself. It really, it really, really isn't. Yeah, it really does force you out just a little bit more, you know, into engaging with others. And you're right, there is a huge community out there of solo female travelers. And it's just, it's great because... 
it's just so much more empowering knowing that, you know, there's so many other people out there just like you that, you know, want to go and are doing it and, you know, having that support. So I wanted to ask you, Libby, what's a challenge that you faced while traveling alone? And I'd love to hear um, how you overcame that, how you coped with whatever that challenge was. I mean, obviously, I think because I've been traveling for such a long time, I have kind of grown up doing it. So it's kind of like I've gone through, I mean, I'd say honestly, like the last couple of years have probably been the most challenging of my life. Um, And that's for many different reasons. I mean, I've had um, sort of car accidents while traveling. I've um, had a relationship that turned quite abusive, thanks to the gentleman. I use that term very (laughs) 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 yeah um thanks to the person that I was with at the time and I have been through lots of different situations um I was with a friend when she was raped um while I was traveling um she was actually just to point out she was actually in her home country at the time so that wasn't even like she was traveling and it happened because of that or anything but yeah so I think there's been there's been a lot of instances throughout the last two years and I think the one thing I think has really pulled me through all of that because it's been really hard I think I can't, I don't think I could even explain how hard some of those things have been to go through things like that when you're so far from home and also when you're traveling by yourself. I think more so because, um, because you don't have somebody to talk about things with. I think that's always the thing is that it's, it's quite difficult when you go through those things, but there's not someone there who's been with you when you went through them. So you can try and explain to people right. back at home, but they never quite understand in the same way as if they had been there. Um, but I think, again, it just goes back to what I was saying before about just developing that resilience. And I really feel like all the kind of little things, all the little struggles and things that went slightly wrong earlier on, ever since the beginning of traveling, I think I just kind of built that up layer by layer by layer by layer. And that combines with, I've always been a really positive person. And I think I'm also just very, um, very focused on my personal development as well that's always been something that's really important to me so I think when things have gone wrong um obviously I've been you know devastated and upset and angry at the time but once that's kind of subsided I've kind of looked at it and been like right as much as I'm going through shit right now this will not last because I've been through things before and I always find my way out and the bit afterwards is always the kind of I guess glow up almost you know it's kind of like I feel like every I'm a big believer that kind of everything we go through just makes us so much stronger and um yeah just so much so much better a person than we've been before so I think having that kind of mindset and again it just comes back to mindset and having that kind of attitude that I can kind of get through anything, you know, like I genuinely feel like now, like, I mean, I don't want to be tested on this in any way, but I feel like I could probably take on pretty much anything because of the stuff that I've been through in the last few years. Um, 
I just think I'm so proud of the way that I've dealt with it. But a lot of that has just come back to just staying focused on the fact that this is, it's never the end of the story. There's still much more that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. So it might be tough for a bit. You might, you know, it doesn't matter what you go through. I think, um, you know, people can go through all sorts when they're traveling. They might be homesick. They might get ill. They might, you know, they might have an accident or hurt themselves or something like that. And it always feels awful when you're going through it. There's no denying that. But you just, I think you have to just keep that mindset that, okay, so I might be sick now and I might be, you know, dying of food poisoning or I might um, feel really, really homesick, but it's not the end of the world. Um, and it's and I think temporary. Having, yeah, exactly. And if anything, it's going to benefit you more in the long term because you're going to come out of this better and stronger. Um, I always remember when I was, uh, I think this was when I was in my, like, first or second year of travelling, and I was staying in a hostel in Australia and um, there was a girl who moved into my dorm and all the rest of us in our dorm were kind of like, we'd, we'd been there for a few days or a week or so. So we were all kind of good mates and we were like going out and hanging out and stuff. And we invited her, kept inviting her to come out and do stuff with us. She'd just flown into Australia and understandably she was a bit, oh my God, oh my God, you know, this is really new and scary. And she was homesick. And instead of taking us up on um, all these invitations to go out and see the city or to go and do a fun trip or to do go out for a night out, she turned us down for everything and she stayed in her bed crying all day long. And then she'd be, because the time zones were flipped, she'd then get up in the evening and she'd be on the phone all night to her mom crying about how much she missed her and all that kind of thing. And then she'd be so exhausted the next day. She'd spend the whole next day in bed. Um, and wow. this is how she spent about a week. And then um, her family flew her home. And I just thought it was oh, just no. so sad. It was just such a waste. I understand if you're struggling, but I think you need to be, if you're traveling by yourself, you need to very much be, you need to be your own best friend, I always think. And you need to be... Um, you know, if your best friend was acting that way, you'd say, come on, get out of bed, get some clothes on, put some lippy on. We're going to go out and go dancing. So I think you kind of need to be able to be that person to yourself and just say, OK, I feel sad. I'm going to call my mum. I'm going to have a cry for 20 minutes and then I'm going to go get some lippy on, get my high heels on and we're going to go out and have a fun night and I'll meet some new people. But, you know, I think it's, it's just such a shame her sort of travel experience was kind of wasted in that way. She never gave it a try, at least. Um, so, yeah, I just think it, it all comes down to just mindset and just being your own best friend. If you can do that, you can do anything. You can travel anywhere. Yeah. And it sounds like that was sort of the tips of what not to do when you go traveling alone. And, yeah. you know, if you're trying to overcome lonely loneliness, it sounds like you really just need to push through it and, you know, try and get on the schedule, at, you know, the, yeah. the t new time zone um, and just jump into the place that you went to visit and, and start, you know, doing that. I, I had my share of homesick 
calls to home crying. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, it must have been because it's such a long way for you, isn't it, from home as well? Yeah, being in, it was. Europe, so. It was long, and it was going to be you know months, you know, of not seeing mm. home. And you know, I'm pretty close to my family, and, and I was actually uh, I married young, so I was married too. Um, and so it was it was challenging, and I definitely had those moments of like this. I am so, you know, like I am homesick, like, but I never wanted to go home. I never felt like, oh, I'm going to just going to ditch it and go home. I just felt like, okay, just got to push through and persevere. And well, how did you, how did you cope? What were your like ways sort of what helped you kind of pull yourself out of it? Well, first of all, I was just so excited to be in Europe and going to Italy and living there was just such a dream and such an opportunity. Nothing that I felt like I, you know, as a kid, I didn't travel a lot, you know, it's not like I'm this, you know, from this family that, you know, we're all travelers. And so to be able to do that was just, I really appreciated the experience when I got to Italy, this was like 20 years ago. (laughs) This was a long time ago, Um, maybe 15 um, you know, I may, we had like a day, a time every day that my husband and I would talk at internet cafes back when, you know, those are really big. Mm. And so just having that consistent check-in and then I was mm. in a program, which was really great. So I had school, um, I had my flatmates, so I was forced into a life, right? Like I, mm. and I kept busy. I think keeping busy is super key because you can just sit yeah. there and think about, everything that you know is not to your liking or that it's different and then your feelings can you know overwhelm you of sadness or loneliness and they're real feelings so I think keeping busy having those uh set scheduled appointments of checking in with home was a great like combination to just kind of ease like okay this is my new life and I'm doing these things but this keeps me tethered to um what I know so that's just kind of how I handled it as a you know, 20 something year old, you know, being away yeah. from home for the first time. Yeah, it sounds like a good way to do it though. I think that's true. It's like routine definitely helps. And like, I think just allowing yourself to have people around you, they might not be the people from home, but it doesn't mean that they can't be really important and really great too. I found that, like, I found a lot of the time that some of the places um, that I've been sort of longer term as well, um, it could have been one of those, I mean, we've, I've had one hostel in particular that I lived in for about, I don't know, I think it's about five months. And that's a really long time to live in a hostel. But (laughs) actually, like when we were there, like everybody arrived at the same time, and we all were broke, we all arrived there to work. And everybody who was there at the time was going through a lot of very dramatic stuff in their own personal life as well. Um, like we had one guy who was fighting a custody battle for his child Um, you know we had another person who was doing something else we had you know lots of different situations really really vastly different and um, those are some of the deepest friendships I've ever made because we were all there and we were going through tough times to kind of together and because we allowed each other we kind of became the family that we didn't have with us at that point and I think that was honestly like the, like particularly one guy in particular, like me and him became instant best friends and 
he's actually from the US and I'm from the UK and we have now met up on I think what are we on now five continents and we have you know traveled all over the world together even though we're from different sides of the world and I just think you know it's it's really important to also highlight that you know fair enough you might be missing everyone back at home but look what you could be missing out on if you don't give yourself a chance to just throw yourself in because that's like the friendships that I made over there during that time like I still speak to those people on an almost daily basis and they are a huge part of my life we might not see each other physically all the time but they are also the people that I could say okay I'm going to be here and they'll be like right I'm going to drop everything and book a flight to come and see you you know so it's kind of it's a different kind of friendship Mm -hmm. but they're still you know, hugely important. Yeah. And that, that experience, you know, those experiences can really bond you just, yeah. you know, and for, it sounds like for life, obviously, I mean, you've been friends yeah. with this person and, you know, managed to meet them up in different places. So yeah, that's such a great point. It's like, what, what are you missing out on by not focusing on where you literally are it's kind of keeping yourself back home or focusing on that. So for people who feel self-conscious, maybe eating alone or, you know, introducing themselves to strangers, you sound like you're really comfortable doing this. So I'd love to know if you have any tips about, you know, how to, how to kind of just put yourself out there a little bit. This is actually one of my favorite topics because I've, I've written so much about this because I think, I think because I've always been quite a confident person so for me I've always quite enjoyed doing that sort of thing anyway but um particularly because I think a lot what a lot of people don't realize is that everybody who is out there traveling by themselves is a little bit terrified I mean at the end of the day we're all like social beings we all just want to be part of the fun gang and you know it's like we just want to have friends to hang out with um, so putting yourself out there is is scary, um, but I think you also have to think about it from the other angle that everyone out there is just as scared as you are. So I think just remembering that and like I've always kind of, I think because I've always been quite a confident and outgoing person, I've always been like, well, okay, if everyone else is a little bit scared, then I'm just going to be that person who risks making a fool of themselves because I don't really care. Mm. I was like, I'm just going to be like, I, you know, I'll always be that person who, if I see someone who's just arrived and maybe they're a bit younger and they, you know, they're a little bit nervous. I think especially because when I first started traveling, I was like 25 and I was meeting a lot of people who were maybe a bit younger. Some of them were only like 18 and it was the first time away from home and they were really like, (gasps) but I think like, so I think just being that person who's actually like, hi, how are you? How's your day? You know, just smile at them, you know, be a friendly face, um, ask them how they're doing, say, you know, oh, I'm going to do a walking tour. Do you want to come and hang? Or like, do you want to, you know, get a drink later? Things like that can go a really, really long way. And I think if you start thinking of it from the angle that everyone out there just wants to make a friend, Mm -hmm. then, you know, I've literally, I don't think I've, I can't even think of times when I've been turned down because it's very rare that people will even turn you down unless they've got something booked, basically, right. <laughs> you know, because everyone is like, everyone is hanging around in a hostel lobby or something and they're just looking for someone to hang out with or they don't know what to do next or they, you know, um, so it's like, even if you just have a chat with them, that can also be a really great way to get travel recommendations, I find. And I actually plan a lot of my trips on the road like that 
just on the recommendations I get from people who may have just come in the opposite direction to where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Um, It could also be sort of like an act of kindness too, because you're like, you're saying um, everyone kind of wants someone to hang out with. It doesn't want to really be like rejected. So if you're the person who extends the invitation, most people are going to be happy that they, one, they didn't have to do it. And two, someone wants to do something with them. So yeah, exactly. And like, I think you just have to throw away those senses of embarrassment and those kind of feelings of being a bit awkward, because I think honestly, that's the sort of stuff that only exists at home. When you're out and you're traveling, Mm. People don't care about stuff like that. People don't care about that awkward kind of, you know, people just jump in. And, you know, if you're living in hostels, particularly, I mean, it's different depending on what standard of accommodation you're in. But when you're in hostels, you're literally sharing a bedroom with like 10 people, right. you know, or and you're sharing bathrooms with them. And, you know, yeah. you're you're kind of experiencing every part of your life with them. <laughs> So I think you you kind of, it breaks down those barriers a little bit more and you instantly have a bit more of a sense of intimacy when you're living with people than you would if you were staying like maybe in a hotel or something. So I do think like if that's something that you're, if you're a bit worried about meeting people, I mean, obviously it depends on the kind of travel that you want to do, but I do really, really recommend um, if you can, if you would like to do that kind of travel, stay in hostels and stay in dorms because you will meet so many people. If that's not your kind of thing, um, consider staying in a hostel but getting like a private room um, because you can still use the common areas, the kind of shared spaces, and they're really great for meeting people. Um, Hostels also tend to hold a lot of great events so um most hostels will usually have like a common area or maybe even a bar um and they'll be really good for like each night there'll be a different event on there'll be like drinking games there'll be movie nights there'll be you know all kinds of different things um and then there'll be during the day sometimes they'll do things like walking tours or um i've done things like what have i done um paddle boarding I've done surfing I've done you know all kinds of activities basically cooking classes Mm -hmm. we made a I think in Mexico I did one and it was like making guacamole and then we got like free drinks with it it was like um what were we drinking like mezcal and tequila and stuff Mm. and it was just like really fun like went in there I wasn't even going to do that one because I couldn't really be bothered that night my um friends mate she was like come on come and do it with me I've already signed up and we did it and it was just so much fun and I ended up meeting a whole group of people that I hadn't they were staying in the same hostel and I hadn't even seen them before you know so it was a really nice way to just spend the night and just have some food and drinks and stuff yeah that's a great way it sounds like to like sign up for a tour like other than you know where you're staying you know just maybe sign up for an activity or you know I've done that before when I've like especially in Europe um there's a great company called Sandermans in Europe and they do walking tours free walking tours where you just tip however much you think the tour is worth Mm -hmm. so if you're on a budget like it's a really good way to get a free tour just tip them you know five ten euros or something and then and they're really good. It's really, um, tends to be quite young people who do the tours. They're really like energetic and they really, really knowledgeable. They work hard for the money they get. They nice. really knowledgeable about the area and they're really good. I've, I've done it a couple of times to different places and there's been other people who are by themselves. And then I've, you know, had a chat with them and then we've been like, oh, let's meet up for drinks later. And, you know, we'll do this or do that. And it's also a really good way, like, um, 
if you if you don't drink because i know there's a lot of people who don't um if you find that you're a bit worried about um meeting people and you know if all they want to do is go out drinking and stuff like that signing up for group activities is also a really really good way to meet people um and get away from that kind of drinking aspect mm-hmm. like in be very careful about what kind of hostels you book into because if it says anything about it being like a party hostel, just avoid that if you don't drink because it's not going to be necessarily your vibe. Right. Um, but don't be put off hostels because as long as you read what the hostel is about, they're usually pretty descriptive about the kind of atmosphere they have. And there's a type of hostel for everyone. Right. So don't be put off doing that, but definitely look for activities. Um, don't go to a party hostel and then can just complain you hate it because you don't drink, but instead do your research and book yourself onto fun activities, group activities or tours that are far away from drinking, maybe like food tours or walking tours or, you know, lots of things like that. You could do um, language classes and things like that. Yeah, just make sure that your, you know, your accommodation or your activities align with who you are and what you're interested in. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And then I think you wrote a blog on this, but how do you get really great photos when you're by yourself? Oh, yes. (laughs) So actually, this is something that I have really just developed so much since I started traveling. Like I actually was looking through photos from when I first started traveling the other week. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so proud of myself. I was like, I'm really skilled up there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think um, it, it definitely depends on what level you want to go to. So um, if you want to just take, you know, fun photos with people you meet and just want to get photos when you're, you know, traveling solo on your phone and things like that. Um, I'd say the key things is to definitely look at um, either getting like some kind of tripod or selfie stick type thing. Um because it's really, I mean, uh, just for me, like I'm not big into just like selfies, trying to take selfies at a kind of, you know, um, tourist spot. I like to have a photo that's, you know, nice and it's well-framed and that kind of thing. So for me, I travel with a tripod, um, which is not very expensive and one of the best investments I've made, but I do do that because I blog and because of my kind of business side Mm -hmm. of things. But if you're looking for something that's a bit more low maintenance than that and you're still traveling, I mean, you can get lots of really great little tripods that are just kind of like small ones. They fold up really tiny, fit into your bag. And then if you're, you know, somewhere where there's nobody around and you want to take an epic photo, it's easy for you to just pop that up and you can set yourself timer and just jump in the photo, take a cool one. Um, So, yeah, I do recommend that. Um, Some people like their selfie sticks and things like that. That could be great if you want to just get the camera a bit further away, get more of a view in. Um, But also, I think just um, asking people to take photos. Um, I know people. some people are really, really against that. But I do find that actually people are really good these days at taking photos. Like back when I first started traveling, I genuinely had to like give them full art direction on exactly the photo I wanted because I'm very like particular about my photos. 
but um, <laughs> I am too. I, I hear you. I'm like, like uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> so right. You're good. You've got an Insta husband right there for you. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just like, I was very particular and some people back in the day, nobody knew how to take a photo. Um, but like these days, honestly, the amount of time, the few times when I do actually ask someone to take my photo, people are literally like getting on the floor these days and getting all the angles. They're like, wait, pop down there. And they're like, quick, jump up there. Everyone's <laughs> like, aware of the brilliant. gram and what yeah, that should look like. People know what they're doing a bit more. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I definitely think like that's, that's, don't rule that out completely. And if you are looking to, like if you want to get like really nice photos and stuff, another good way to do it is if you meet someone at your hostel, maybe um, you make a new girlfriend or, you know, meet a guy there who's quite cool. You could say to them, look, do you want to come out and just mooch around the city? Um, you know, um, would you mind taking some photos for me? I'll take some really nice ones for mm-hmm. you too, you know, and it's kind of an exchange then, isn't it as well? Because some people have the same issue, um, you know, and they just want to get cool photos, but obviously if you're traveling alone, it can be a little bit tricky sometimes. So yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. I, um, know people, I, I mean, I lived in Germany for a while and I met a girl there who we just met through a Facebook group and we would, she, um, loved like my blog and stuff. And she was like, Oh, let's meet up and we can do some photos together. So she was helping me out with photos for my website. And I was just helping her out with some, um, photos that she wanted as well. So nice. yeah, that's yeah. another great way to use that community is yeah, exactly. to get great pictures. Good way to meet people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if that's the thing, if you've already got a love of photography, then it's a good way to bond with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but I mean, there's, there's literally, there's so many ways I could go on with so many different tips, but I think it's, I mean, it's definitely worth if you really love photography and you want to take it a bit further than a phone. I mean, it's, it might be worth investing in an actual camera. Um, for me, best decision ever, because I think it was the, genuinely, it was the moment when I bought myself an actual camera that I just leveled up my photography so much more. And I became much more aware of um just different like tips and tricks and things I spent more time reading about it and watching tutorials and things like that so like all the photography stuff that I do I've completely self-taught everything but that's it's so easy to learn that stuff now because there are so many amazing free resources online it sounds like getting the nice camera really helped you educate yourself yeah it may, I think it gave me that motivation. If I've spent some money on this camera, then I might as well do things properly and actually like, and I think it made me realize how much I really enjoyed it. Like for me, I think one of my favorite things to do in a new city when I'm traveling is I love getting up um, for sunrise and just go for a big walk around the city. And like, that's my favorite time of day. Like that bit before the market's open, it starts getting loud and busy. And it's just so beautiful because you can, you get to see the city in a completely different light and it's perfect for photos because the light is softer. And I also find it's really great for like, um, learning your way around a new city because I don't look at maps when I do that. I might, um, I might have a few places that I want to sort of head to, but I just let myself walk and get lost and figure it out. And then I find that that as well is really, really fun because you stumble across all these amazing little things that you never even heard of. Nobody on Instagram has heard of because it's one of those, you know, little undiscovered places. Mm -hmm. So it's a bit more special. Um, And you, yeah, you learn your way around. You meet people you might not have. And yeah, it just makes it a bit more unique, Mm -hmm. I guess, because 
it's kind of nice to do that and to find places that aren't completely, um, I guess, almost trashed by Instagram in a way because so many people, you know, just go there to take a photo and then they leave and it's like, you know, they don't go there for the the sort of story behind it maybe or the culture that's going on there. So Right, or, or that yeah. full experience. It's just sort of a yeah, quick dip in, dip out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to find new places or just to find ordinary places but to find beauty in it and to be able to capture that I think that's also really nice so get creative as well just you know find a unique way to show a place I think that's a really good thing to do because I I don't know about you but I get very sick of seeing the same people repeating the same images and it's also stylized on Instagram and I'm like I think one of the things I really enjoy is like finding new ways to capture location right right I mean you're you are going to see it in your own unique way you know if you're not striving to capture like the shot the shot that everyone else has and so you can actually bring a lot of uniqueness to it if you just sort of try and see it through your own perspective and what kind of camera did you buy um so I have the Olympus pen which is actually kind of modeled as the blogger's camera um and honestly it's fantastic like I really love it because it's a bit more travel size Mm -hmm. so for me I I didn't really want to commit to the cost of a DSLR because and also because they're so bulky I was it just wasn't travel friendly for me um the way that I travel with my backpacks like I was too scared that I would put so much money into that and then it would get broken or it would get damaged somehow so yeah for me I found it a great way it's a mirrorless camera and it's um Um, just really nice and compact but it's got a really nice look to it and it's got the um you can interchange the lenses the lenses as well so it kind of gives you the chance to especially if if you're um just starting out and just learning a bit more about photography it's quite a good sort of starter camera to kind of um be able to understand more about lenses and about sort of all the different settings on the camera it's a really good kind of training camera for that um, you can take really amazing photos with it. And particularly if you start to experiment with different lenses, you can like take some incredible, I've seen some stuff that they do with Olympus, um, those little Olympus cameras that's incredible. Um, so I still have a hell of a lot to learn. Yeah, I've been thinking about that or this Sony. Okay, what are some of the best places for a woman to travel by themselves like do you have a top five list where you just felt like wow this place was really great okay I'm going to try and pick them from different places I think um Australia is a great place for women to travel um uh, I think that in Asia I think Thailand is fantastic I'm also saying these just for solo travelers as well as for for women um just generally I think these are all great for solo travelers um, Thailand, yeah, Thailand's just beautiful and incredible. Very easy to meet people. The locals are really friendly as well. Um, I would also say, I think in Europe, I would say that I really, really enjoyed, I actually really enjoyed doing Budapest solo female traveling. Um, and, oh, it's so hard to choose. I like how you're spreading it around though. I, that's fantastic. Yeah. I'm trying to, yeah, I'm like trying to spread them around. Um, I loved Costa Rica. Costa Rica was amazing. And I wasn't sure if it would be as good as a solo female traveler, but 
I mean, I went there and I went to like a music festival and I went and did like travels around the country and like, yeah, I, I found it was, it was lovely. It was a really nice experience. Um, and Guatemala, because that was actually one that was quite unexpected. I, that was one of the countries I kind of went with no real expectations. Um, and I wasn't sure how it would be being there by myself. And it's one of my favorite countries in the world. Like the people there are just absolutely incredible. It's so beautiful. I have heard that from several people that they just, it's one of their favorite places. And so now it's on my list because it really wasn't, I don't think it's on many people's no, radar. But. I feel like, yeah, most, like I didn't know anyone who would, I think I knew like one person who'd been before. I had no expectations. And I think that's also really nice because it's actually quite a novelty to go mm -hmm. somewhere where you don't have any preconceptions of it. Right. But yeah, it's just incredible. Like, especially if you are an adventure traveler, you like hiking and nature and things like that. It just blows you away. Absolutely incredible. Wow. Was that, that was five? I think that was five. Yeah. I think so. I think we got <laughs> Thank you for getting it down to five. I know that, that was, was hard. hard. And then so um, what advice would you give someone who is thinking about traveling by themselves and they're just like, where do I start? What, what's the first step that's going to get me out there? Okay, I think the most difficult thing is to figure out the logistics of organizing a trip. I think that's the bit that intimidates people the most. So what I would say is literally get like a pen and paper and write a list of all the things that you need to do to accomplish getting on that plane. Um, so, you know, do your research and things like, you know, you need to include things like buying the tickets, saving the money, how much money you actually need to save and figuring that out can be difficult. Where you want to go, um, insurance, visas, you know, the technical, almost like um, travel admin, kind of side of things you know don't get so swept up in the the image of you you know hiking to the mountain gorillas and all this kind of thing okay that's lovely but that's not going to get you there you need to break it down and actually think about the logistics um how much time you need off work can you get time off work do you need to take a sabbatical ask yourself all these little questions um i mean shameless plug but i have actually created uh, an ebook which is all about um advice for first time travelers and how to plan the first um long term trip and it breaks all of this down um into easy bite sized chunks basically just makes it really manageable for you cuz it can be quite intimidating and i think that is one of the key parts of it is you know, answering all these little nitty bitty questions and figuring out, you know, what, how am I actually going to do this? What do I need to um, get organized? And as soon as you start doing that and you start putting one step forward bit by bit, as we said earlier, like it falls into place much quicker than you'd think. And it feels much more achievable. So yeah, it's kind of like bringing that dream into reality and getting really practical about it. Like, okay, what actually needs to happen? What do I need to do and cross off my list? I love that. And um, we will definitely link to your ebook because I think that will be a really helpful tool for people to get them started. Yeah. 
I actually have um, another book. So I've, I've actually just, it's just a, been a little lockdown project. So I have the one that's all about um, first time travel, but I have another one that would probably be quite relevant to your listeners as well, which is all about solo female travel um, and everything you need to know. Basically, it's kind of like the best friend's guide to solo female travel. So that is another one that's really, really helpful. And basically, if there's a woman out there who's not sure if she wants to travel by herself or she's not sure if how to go about it then that will basically be the best friend that she really needs to get her on her way awesome I love that yes that's that's going to be really valuable to listeners tell me about a travel experience that brought you joy oh that's another really hard one because there's so many I tell you okay I, I there's one that always stays in my memory and it particularly because it was one of my earliest travel experiences like this is when I I hadn't even been traveling for I think it would only been about two months at this point and it still will always stay with me because um I had one of these nights where I'd um I was in Phuket in Thailand and I was staying in the old town I had gone out um and I went and grabbed dinner. I was just going, I was just wandering around basically looking for a place to go and eat. And I kind of, I just walked into this place because I saw loads of Thai people going in there. So I thought that's a good sign. It must be good food. I walked in there, but I was the only woman in there for the beginning, um, other than the ones who were serving the food. So there's all these really old men in there. <laughs> and then there was me. Oh but um <laughs> Yeah, I was like, like hi. hi. I, was just, I sort of sat down anyway. Um, and they were, it was really funny because they were all like giggling at me and kind of like, they were obviously talking about me, but not like in a mean way, just like in, they were like just bemused, I think, that I was in there. Um, so yeah, then the woman brought over my food. And then the guys basically on the table next to me, they were like, in, they were asking me to join them. They didn't speak any English or barely any. And I didn't speak any Thai um, other than a few tiny very useless phrases um so yeah I went and sat with them and I was like eating with them and then we ended up having um a chili off and they would like they were challenging me to eat really spicy chilies and then they would try and eat them too (laughs) and I was holding my own I was quite proud because I do love spicy food but I yeah so I was kept going with it and I was um doing all right and then it was just like that they were giggling away and then they gave me one and it was just so hot I thought my head was gonna blow off um, they were all just laughing it was just one of those really funny nights where it was like we didn't even need language to actually understand each other um and it was just so funny um so then I left the restaurant once I was done and I was just walking back to where I was staying and I happened to walk past, there was a guy um, standing outside like an art gallery. So I walked in, it was more like, it was like somebody's garage almost, where there was just so many paintings up mm-hmm. all over the walls. And they were really like incredible. So I walked in and I was just having a look and um, I started talking to the artist. He spoke really, really good English. Um, and yeah, I was just asking about the paintings and about his artwork and um yeah, it was just lovely. We were having the nicest conversation. He was explaining all about his art and his family and his life. And uh, then one of his little girls came running over and wanted us to go and paint with them. So we walked through to the back and there was just, um, it was just sort of the back of the gallery bit. And there was these two 
beautiful the two most beautiful little girls I've ever seen in my life were sitting on the floor and they were like finger painting and like coloring in and stuff um so they wanted us to sit with them so yeah we were still me and him were still talking and then one of the little girls was like grabbing my hands and making me help her and then she went off and she came back and she peeled an orange and she was giving me bits of orange and it was just like oh it was just the loveliest night um and like just one of those really pure moments so it's just like surrounded by all these amazing people and they just welcomed me in it was like didn't matter that I didn't speak the language or that I was a you know a woman traveling by myself and it was just really amazing and it was even more incredible because then when I left that night and I went back to my hostel and I was looking at he told me his name um, and I was looking him up and he was actually like a really famous artist in Thailand, like really famous, oh, wow. had done massive exhibitions and stuff like that. And I was like, how incredible that I just happened to walk down the street. And like, if I'd been with somebody, I might never have, that might never have happened to me. I might not have walked into that restaurant or the gallery or and might not have experienced any of it. I love that. That sounds like a really magical night. Still makes me smile. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so Lucy, where can people find out more about you? Okay. So my website is absolutelylucy.com where you'll find all my travel guides. There's loads of articles on there about all the countries I've been to. There's also a section where you can search, you can go into specific um, parts of the world and then you'll find all the articles on those particular areas. Um, I've also got lots of stuff on there about sustainability um, and wellness and sort of mental health topics as well. And most importantly, I have my travel shop on there where you'll be able to find my two new ebooks. Um, and then on social media, you'll find me as Absolutely Lucy. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. It's been lovely. Thanks for listening to the Explorer and You podcast. Don't worry, we have a new episode every week. Subscribe so you don't miss it. And don't forget to visit explorerandyou.com for more inspiration and tips. If you want to share the love, you're welcome to send this podcast to others. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time.